I, I want to, kind of Wednesday night is, is uh, more geared for the church. It's more for kind of our people. And, and my hope is that when you come on first Wednesday that you'll get built up and that you'll get encouraged. The worship's a little bit longer, a little bit more laid back, a little bit freer. And tonight, I just, I just want to remind you of some things. Maybe some of you, you've heard it before, but maybe you've forgotten. But I, I get asked all the time, what is Clover Hill all about? And this is kind of for our people, and I just kind of want us on that same page. And oftentimes they're asking, what is our mission? What, what, are, what are we trying to do? What are we trying to accomplish? And can I just remind you that our, our goal as a church is to connect people to Christ and move them along in their spiritual journey. If, if, you're, if it's a church, if it's, it's got, this is not pretty, this is not unique to our church. This, this is the church's role, whatever the expression of that church is in a particular place or situation and it might not say these exact words but but pretty much if you're if you are uh, uh, doing what God wants you to do your goal is to get people saved to to grow to to reach out that was a good catch right there to to help people connect to Christ and then move them along to help them take their next step and this is kind of what we pray for everybody for you for anybody that comes we, here's the steps. We want you to know God. We want you to come to know Jesus, not as a religious figure, but as a personal relationship. We, we want you to become where God is not only your Savior and your Lord, but He's your friend. Where you find freedom. That's discipleship. That's where you, in knowing God, they came out of Egypt. When you find freedom, you get Egypt out of you. Often, when you get saved, you still got all that junk and mess that's just having a hard time getting through. And we want you to be discipled. We want you to mature in your walk with the Lord. That you're growing closer to Christ every day. And so we want you to find freedom in the Lord. And then to discover your purpose. That you were, you were made. God has a call on your life. God has a reason for you being here. For this specific city. For this specific generation. For this specific place. God has put you here. And we want you to, to, to help you find that purpose. And then we want you to live out that purpose. By making a difference. And, 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 and this, is, this, is, this, make, this is the ultimate right here. When you get to this place, this is when you really start living uh, a true life. And so, and so what do we do? How do we do it? And, and, and what's going to guide us? Let me, before I say this, let me, in every organization, in every, in every church, in every business, there are values, principles, there are in, in grown, there are ideas, ideologies that, that guide the organization and push it forward. So let me give you an example. McDonald's, if, if, you didn't have, if you didn't know anything about McDonald's and you just went in there, you would think their values are, we want to serve cheap food and we want to do it quick. Though we don't always do it quick and it's getting more expensive. But that's their, that's, that's, that's their thing. We just want... We want a lot of people in, we want to get a lot of people out, and we want to do it quick, and we want to do it cheap. Chick-fil-A, if you go in there, and, and I know nobody in here likes Chick-fil-A, but if you go to Chick-fil-A, you can see their, their values, and their, they, you, you can tell just by what they do, they're, they're more family-centered, they, they're more community-based, they're more, they want you to have an experience, they're just not about getting you in and out, they, 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 they've got some type of, they're closed on Sunday, they play Christian music in their store. Their values, you can just feel it. It's the environment that they've created by customer service and the outreach to the community by what they do. 
And so, so what, does this make sense to you? Sure it does. You know what I'm talking about. So, so, the, or, so what's going to drive us as a church? What, what are we going to do to try to create an environment for people to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference? Here's, here's what we think. We're going to make room for life-giving relationships because we're better together. We, we want to be intentional, and, and, and we're going to make room. I'm just going to slow down so I can get this, and you can help me. Relationships for me sometimes are difficult. For me to go to a small group is hard because i got a million other things to do. I've got a family. i got uh, four kids. They've all got activity. They've all got things going on. And, and, and I, 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 you, you would think I'm an extrovert. I'm like a professional extrovert. That means when I get before people, I can be extroverted. But I, I am recharged when I'm by myself. And so making room, so relationships are a challenge for me. And, and you, you, I mean to go deep in relationships. So I have to make room for them. I, I have to be intentional about it. Why? Because I'm better, we're better together. So not, I have a small group and every Tuesday morning there are times I don't want to go. There are times where I'd rather be doing something else. But because I know I have a conviction that's based on the Word of God, that there are over 51 another's in the Bible, that we need each other, that as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another, that I have blind spots, that I have weak spots, that I have, that I have things that other people can speak into, I make room, I carve it out. This is important, this is vital. So I will go every Tuesday, I will get connected, I will, I will invest, I will make a part because we're better together. So, so we're going to encourage you to be in community. We worship in rows, we do life together in circles. We, we will make room for life-giving relationships because we're better together. I don't know how that happens. Here's the next one. We will, we will not deceive ourselves by pretending to be something we are not. We're, I don't ever want to portray that I got it all together because I'm lying. I don't. And neither do you. And don't, you know, some of you look, what do you mean you don't have? No. My, you go to my home, it looks a lot like your home. We struggle with the same issues. We have the same problems. Angie and I, that one argument we had was a, was a, was a doozy. You know, you, we, we, I just want us to be real. I want us to be real people with real issues serving a real God. I don't want us to be fake. I don't want us to be phony. I don't want us to put on some front. I, I want us to be authentic and genuine and be able to say, hey, man, I don't have all the answers. I don't know why that happens. I, I don't understand everything. But I know, I know God is for you. Not a, and I just want to be, I don't want to deceive. I remember when I was struggling with this, and I'm probably taking way too long. I don't know how many of these I'll get through, but I'll just go until my time goes up. But I was struggling with, with you know, I was comparing myself to everybody. And, and I think that that's, we do that. And I was comparing and contrasting and and I was just, man, if I could lead like, my hero is John Maxwell. If I could lead like John Maxwell. If I could have a church like Joel Osteen. If I could, if I could preach like a David Jeremiah. I just love the way that he breaks out scripture. If I could, if I could communicate like Andy Stanley. And I was having, and I was just comparing like we do and, 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 and just getting really kind of depressed. And I felt like, I didn't hear the voice of the Lord, but I felt like, it was, it was God speaking to me, and I discerned it because God's an encouraging God. And, and when he says something positive, you know that's not the voice of the devil, and it wasn't my voice. And he said, Stan, just be you. 
And if you'll give me your life, I'll break it and feed thousands. And I determined that I'm not going to, I can't be Joe Osteen. I don't want to be Andy Stanley. I want to be who I am. I want to be real. I want to be genuine. I want to be authentic. And I want our church to be that. I want you to be who God created you to be. And I want you to be comfortable in that. And so, so we're, we're not going to deceive ourselves by trying to be something we're not. Pretend to be something we're not. Here, here's that, that's that other one. Here's the next one. We will lead the way. And listen to this. With irrational giving. Because we are no more like God than when we give. And the first look is irrational. You think, well, that sounds like reckless. It sounds like poor stewardship. And that's not what I mean by that. We're going to give when it doesn't make sense. We're going to be like that woman that Elijah came to and he said, I need a meal. And she said, I got one little bit of oil and one little bit of flour. And we're about to eat it and we're going to die. And Elijah said, no, no, no. If you'll give it to the man of God, if you'll give it away, there'll be more oil, there'll be more meal than you ever thought possible. We're not going to be reckless. We're not going to be poor stewards. But we're going to give away when it doesn't seem to make sense. When there's a church that needs to be planted in the Forest Hill area, we're going to sow thousands of dollars to make that happen. When there's a church in Shore Pump that needs us to sign to help them get in a building, we're going to do that. When there's a need that needs to be met, we're going to be irrational in our giving because you are no more like God than when you give. That's why we want to give a million dollars away. Because if you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. But if you'll sow generously, you'll reap generously. And it works for churches, and it works for individuals. And I'm encouraging you can hold on to what you got, or you can give it away. And again, I mean, it is stewardship, and you got to manage properly. But if, you'll, if, you'll, if you will develop a generous heart, you'll experience more blessing and more, you'll, more fulfillment than you've ever had. And, and we want to, that's, that's one of our values. We're, we're going to do that. We've determined... We need to build a building on, on the Mosley campus. We need, we've been talking about a four-year forever. So, so the common, or not even common sense, but the, the experts would say, well, you need to save, and you need to, and you need to ask people to give more to the building, and you, you need to cut back on your missions giving. No. We're, we're, we're just going to keep, we're going we're gonna to just keep sowing. We're going to keep believing God. We're going to be good stewards. We're going to manage what you give. But we're going to lead the way with irrational giving because we're no more like God than when we give. We will serve those in need because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. We, we're going we're to do Caritas. We're going to do it well. Thank God for John Dugan and his team that's around him. We're going to go uh, 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 Zeph and that team that goes. We're going to go to the food bank. We're, we're going to go uh, downtown and pick up people. We're going to do all that we can around here. We're just going to serve people. We're, we're going to, in Matthew 25, it says there's sheep and there's, and there's goats. And, and the goats, Jesus said, when I was in prison, you didn't visit me. And when I was naked, you didn't clothe me. And when I was in need, you didn't take care of me. And he said, depart from me, for I never knew you. But the sheep, he said, come and enter into, your re into my rest. Because when you were hungry, you fed me. When I was in need, we, we, uh, this week alone, in the last two days, three kids have come into care to part to people in our church, in the foster community. We're going to do this royal camp because we care for hurting kids and kids from hard places. We're going to do everything we can to serve and come alongside the underprivileged, the underdog, and make a difference for God because people don't know, they don't care what you know until they know how much you care. That's good. We, we will intentionally, 
Here, here's, here's another thing. There's seven of them. We will intentionally build relationships with people who do not know Christ with the hope of reaching them for Him. We call it relational evangelism. So there, I know people have gotten saved by tracks and, and people have gotten saved because somebody towed it across, across America and they've used a blowhorn to, to shout it out. And, and whatever it takes, but, but I'm, I'm of the... I'm of the camp that when you build a relationship with somebody, when you earn their trust, you can speak into their life. And you just aren't not able to see them get saved, but then you can walk with them through the discipleship of the find freedom process. And I think this is the way Jesus did it. That's why he said, Zacchaeus, you're, you're, you know, everybody else said he was the chief tax collector, so that means he was the chief sinner. I'm going to your house today, Zacchaeus. We're going to talk. I'm going to get to know you. I want to know your story. I want to know what you're facing. I want to know, I want to know what's going on in your life. I, I want to have a meal with you. I want to look across the table from you. I want to speak into your life. And, and, and after that encounter, he got saved. That's Luke chapter 15. Do you know what the lost coin and the lost son and the lost sheep is all about? Because Jesus told those parables. Because the Pharisees said, we don't understand. All you want to do is hang out with irreligious and lost people. And Jesus said, oh, that's what you think? Let me tell you this. There was a lost sheep, one out of a hundred, and I'm going to go after that one. There was a lost coin, and I'm going to search and hunt for that lost coin. There was a prodigal son that, that went wayward, and I caused, my, my love was restrained, but I was looking for him and hunting for him. And every time I found something, there was a celebration, and there was an extravagant party because, because I care about people that are far from God. And, and if we're going to be the church, we've got to be intentional about that. You, is this helping at all? Here, let me, here, here, it, this spoke to my heart. This is the message. And we had just moved into a new neighborhood. And again, by, by nature, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of introverted. And I, I'm even ashamed to say it. You know, people will start walking by the house and I'll go, oh, please don't stop. Please don't stop. Please don't stop. And it's bad. I know it. But I'm just trying to be authentic. And it's, and it's, and it's, not, it's not the right way to be. It's not the right way to act. And I was struggling with that. I'm not like Adam who can talk to a telephone pole and kiss it on the cheek and tell him Jesus loves him. And that's not me. But when I was in this new, moving in this new neighborhood, I was reading in 1 John 1 and I was reading out the message and it said the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. And I felt like, oh, crud, God, why why'd you give me that verse right then? And I, and I felt like God was saying, I put you here to be an influence, to be salt to be light, and it's not about your comfortableness, and it's not about you getting in the house, it's about you reaching out, and so, and so we value that, here's another one, we will equip people for ministry, because every person is created for a purpose, and made to make a difference, we want to debunk this holy man myth, that there's only one person that can pray for you, that can lead you to the Lord, I'm not the holy man, my, my, my job is to lead this church, and to equip the saints for works of ministry, we're all priests. We're all we're all we're all in the ministry. We just have different ways of doing it. We're just in different places. My ministry happens to be public, and it ha it happens to be in in this type of setting. And we often call it professional ministry. But we're all in professional ministry. God has placed us all in different places so that we can be the body of Christ. We want to debunk this holy man myth and this holy place myth that ministry can only happen in the church. The best ministry in Jesus' day did not happen in the temple. It happened when he was on the outside. It happened when he was walking amongst the people. It happened when he was going house to house. It happened when he was teaching in, the, in a circle. We, we, we're going to equip. We want to equip you. We want to help you. We want to come alongside you. 
That's why, that's why church is so important. That's why small groups is so important. So that you can be equipped. They have a purpose. It's not just so you can get smarter. It's so you can be encouraged and empowered. And so that you can be released to do what God's called you to do. We will equip people for ministry. Because every person is poor. Here, here's, a, here's the last one. No, I got two more. We will not insult God with anything less than our best. You say, well, where's that in the Bible? And just do as we do. The Bible says do everything as unto the Lord. I was looking at the Old Testament, and I know we're not Old Testament, we're New Testament. But when they were building the, the, the tabernacle, they had very specific, he wanted this, he wanted this many of this, he wanted this. And it just spoke to me that, that God deserves our best. And so, and so we, we want to do the very best that we can. And, I, and I'm not saying perfect. Because we're not perfect, we're not striving for perfection because that'll mess us up. But we want to do us be- our best. And, and that's when we were a church using an overhead projector with slides. Do you remember those things? And you'd write on the transparencies. We would try to do our best or if it's what we got down. We just want to be excellent because we don't want to insult God. With, and you say, well, that, that's probably not the wrong word. No, I want to stir some emotion. I, I want to create some passion. I God deserves our very best. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. If you, it, whatever your job is, do it, do it to the best of your ability. And some of you are saying, well, when God gets me to there, then I'll really start doing it. Friend, God's not going to get you to there till you're faithful in this. But if you'll be faithful in little, he'll begin to reward you with more. Just be excellent in everything that you do to the best of your ability. And then here's the last one. Here's the last one. And, and I've, I've thought about this, I think. I'm going to take these seven, and I'm going to teach a series on them and use one week. And so you might hear this in the future, but I wanted to give you a big picture. But here is the first one. Here's the big one. The others are not in any particular order. This would go at the top, though I left it for the end. We are dependent on the Holy Spirit, and we will expectantly pursue Him. I believe you can build a great church on the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. What we need... It's not better preaching. It's not better worship. It's an outpouring and an infilling of the Spirit of God. We need God to breathe on us. We, we need God. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is a river, that He's water. We need a refreshing from the presence of God. Where everybody walks in this door, they don't, might not understand it. They might not be able to sing along with us. But something's different. And I don't want it to be, I want it to be the power and the presence of Almighty God. Jesus said, it's not by might nor by power, but it's by thy spirit, says the Lord. In Exodus chapter 33. And praise man, come back. But don't put up. If you're taking notes, keep taking notes. I'm not quite done. But, but, uh, but I do want the praise man to come back. In Exodus chapter 33, I think it's in 33. Pretty sure it's in 33. Moses said, was talking with God. And God says, I'm so, so tired of you stiff, stiff-necked people. That I'm, I'm, I'm not going with you to the promised land. I'm going to send an angel. I'm going to send somebody. But I'm not going. And Moses said, God, if you don't go, I don't want to go. I'd rather be in the desert where it's dry and stale with your presence than in the, than in the promised land without your presence. Here's what he said. What will distinguish us from every other nation? If we don't have your presence. What's going to distinguish us from every other group or every, every other gathering if we don't have the presence of God? 
That's why Jesus said, hey, don't leave Jerusalem. Go into the city and stay there and linger. Go after God until you've been endued with power from on high. I, I love I love in Acts chapter 4 where, am I boring you? You got a couple more minutes. When, where, 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 Paul, where Paul and uh, Peter and John, I think it was. And now I got Peter, Paul, and Mary, and James and John. But there was two dudes in, in Acts. And, and they'd just gotten, they'd gotten threatened with their life for preaching the gospel. They got beat up, and they were sent back and said, never do this again. Don't talk about Jesus. Don't lift up the name of Jesus. We killed Jesus, and we'll kill you if you keep talking about it. And they went back and found the church. And I hope I've got it on this slide. And now this is what they said. Now, Lord, consider their threats. This was their prayer. And, 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 and make us safe, God, and protect us, and watch over us, and pity us, and find favor. with. No, no, no. They said, consider their threats, God, and will you enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness? Stretch out your hand. Here's my prayer. God, will you stretch out your hand and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus? And after they prayed, the place was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Lord, let it be. Shake this place. Shake our lives. Change us. Why don't you stand with me, and will you pray with me, Lord? We pray for an outpouring of your spirit. God, we're like Moses. If you don't go with us, we don't want to go. Lord, we, we would rather be in the desert with you than in the oasis without you. Holy Spirit, we need a fresh outpouring of your grace. We need the river of God to sweep over this place. We need the glory of the Holy Spirit to reside here and to dwell here and to manifest here. Will you stretch out your strong arm in the mighty name of Jesus and do the miraculous and perform signs and do wonders and save the lost and heal the sick and minister to the broken. May this be a place of safety and may it be a refuge for those who are hurting. May it be a, 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 a resource for those who are in need. May it be a place where people can come to know you and find freedom and discover their purpose and make a difference in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll thank you for it. Will you, will you just individually, will you, will you find a place? Maybe you want to sit. Maybe you want to kneel. But will you ask the Lord to refresh you today with the Holy Spirit? Ephesians says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled. And, and the word is be being filled. Because Paul understood that we leak and we need a refilling on a regular basis. Would you ask the Holy Spirit to fill you afresh and anew? Would you find a place and just for the next few moments, cry out to the Lord. Lord, I need a fresh filling. I need a fresh impartation. God, I need a new grace.
Hallelujah, God. Why don't you put your hand on the shoulder of the person beside you and, and take a moment and pray for one another. Just pray, God, fill them tonight afresh and anew. Lord, we're thirsty. You said that if we'll hunger and thirst after righteousness, that we would be filled. Fill us today. Fill us today. Lord, we pray for the person on our right, on our left, God. May your grace be poured out. May your spirit fill them, change them, transform them by your glory and your grace, God. Give us more, Lord. Give us more, Lord. Give us more, God. More power, more anointing, more of your spirit. God, a greater hunger for you. Stir in us a hunger for Jesus. Pray with me that every time we open those doors, that when 
people come in here that get saved, that people are getting saved in our small groups, that the presence of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is drawing them, changing us, transforming us. We need God's power. And will you do this? Will you live on purpose? Don't, don't, don't live strategic. Live intentional. You got one life to live. And I'm saying make it count for Jesus. Don't look back when you're older and say, man, I wish I should have, could have, would have. God put you in that neighborhood for such a time as this. God put you at that job site for such a time as this. Well, I don't like my job. I don't, that doesn't matter right now. It, you just suck it up and you be God's ambassador. And he'll elevate you. He'll move you. He'll get you where you need to be. You be faithful in the little and he'll make you faithful in much. You just partner with God. You say, God, I, 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 I'm... I'm can you do this? Let's live intentional. Let's be, let's be strategic. Let, let's say, God, I'm yours. And then what, what you want me to do, where you want me to go, what you want me to say, I'm, I am currency in your hand that you can spend however you want. I'm yours, Lord. Lord, do it. Make that, make that declaration to him. Tell him, will you? And then, I'm gonna, then we're going to pray for somebody. Lord, do it, I ask. Lord, just use, may, may we not waste. Lord, you said, be wise about our time because the days are evil. May we be intentional. And I, I don't mean stress about it and strain that we're not. I just mean intentional about how we're living, God. That people are not an, uh, an interruption, but they are an opportunity. May we see people through the eyes of Jesus and love them with your heart. I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. There's a little girl that's going... Uh, to the hospital next week. Tammy, would you, would, will you, can you pick her up and bring her up front and we're just going to pray. Her name is Josie. She's three years old. Uh, she's, this will be her third heart surgery that she needs. She's going Tuesday at UVA and, and we're going to pray. There's a leak in her valve. There's a right and there's a, we just need to pray for her that this heart will function right. Half the heart is not functioning properly. And do, is there anything else, Tammy? Do you want to? How can we pray specifically for her? I just want to thank you all for joining us. This has been quite a journey. This little girl, the doctor said, would not live. And it was uh, highly thought that they would... Um, terminate the pregnancy and I said to my daughter I said do you want to love her for as long as the Lord allows or do you want to pick a date when you know she's not going to be here and Josie's here and she's getting ready to have her third major heart surgery and this will carry her for the rest of her life this is nothing else they can do let's pray Cameron. and let's pray in faith we believe we believe, God, that you're able to do above and beyond what we ask, think, or imagine. Lord, that this little girl is fearfully and wonderfully made. That you created her, every part of her. Lord, intricately, there, there's detail upon detail that went into this precious little baby. And Lord, you created this heart. You know how it ought to function. And we pray in Jesus' name that you'd heal her. We're grateful for doctors, and we pray you give those doctors wisdom and insight and discernment, Lord, that you would guide their hands. But we pray for King Jesus, for the great physician, 
to extend his strong arm and to do a miracle in this little heart. That she would be a testimony of your power. That she would be a testimony of your grace. May the peace of God cover her little heart and her little mind. May, may, the, may, may the glory of God reside upon her in a powerful way. Lord, we pray for your grace to be upon her. We pray for your healing power to manifest in her body. We pray, we, we speak to this heart and say, be whole in Jesus' name. For God's glory, we ask. And Lord, we'll be careful to thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen and amen.